Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Grandparents. The nothing personal word of the day is grandparents. Let me explain why. Because word is coming out from Dan Patrick. No, not the guy from ESPN Sports Center. I'm talking about the lieutenant governor of Texas who said that grandparents are willing to die in order to save the economy for their grandchildren. That is part of a large scale change that we have started to see today where there are certain people who are saying that, you know what, the economy is hurting so much. Let's stop the social distancing. Let's go back to school, said Jerry Falwell. He's bringing teachers and students back to school. Let's all be very clear how this works. It's a concept called social Darwinism. That's two words. That's why I couldn't use it. I want kids to be able to see their grandparents again. I want grandparents to see their children and grandchildren again. It is not up to us to make that decision. We will get through this. And the faster we flatten the curve is the faster we get through it. What we need now is leadership to bring everyone together. We need information from scientists. We need the ability to understand what is the smart thing to do now. We've talked about a nothing personal. We are following Italy. Back on February 25th, we said the Olympics were going to be canceled. We saw this coming on nothing personal. The question is, who else saw it coming? Ah, you're right. That's not the question anymore. We don't need to ask that question anymore because it's here. We are in the middle of a global pandemic, and we will figure it out with proper leadership. Adjustments will be made. Changes will be had. Throughout this show, we're going to talk about what different companies are doing Sports leagues, sports teams, adjustments that are being made, tough decisions that are being made. I want to explain those decisions, those business decisions. What I don't want to do under any scenario is be the one to say that, yes, grandparents are the ones who should die. Okay. Thank God Tom Brady's around. Thank you, Tom. Sir Thomas Aquinas, my main man. Tom Brady took the stage today. Well, I think he just took his kitchen counter phone, did a press conference, announcing himself as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Can you imagine that you would live to see the day? Forget social distancing. You are living to see the day when Tom Brady is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So there was a press conference. It's really just a phoner where you end up speaking on the phone done those phoners, it can be very complicated because people in the media have to mute because if they don't mute, then if I'm giving a press conference on the phone, I can't really hear any specific questions. So you have your PR guy call on specific people. They ask the questions. So many great questions were asked of Tom Brady and so few answers, which means Tom Brady gets an A for his press conference because he didn't give you one honest answer.
But I'm going to ask you all a few questions now. And then I'm going to say what the answers could have been or should have been if Tom Brady had taken this amazing truth serum, not the malaria pills that people are overdosing on right now, which is stupid because we don't know its efficacy quite yet. I'm talking about if Tom Brady had to answer every question honestly. We're starting with this. Well, I want to welcome you all here. I could not be happier to be here. My name is Tom Brady, but you know that. I know you'll be wearing number 12 jerseys because I'm getting number 12. I know you know that. I had to give a very expensive watch to my new favorite wide receiver, but I'm going to be wearing 12 jerseys available now. I know you're going to ask me, so I want to get it out there before we start. You're going to ask me, when did I make this decision? Did I know for sure that I wasn't coming back? And there's going to be speculation. I know that on nothing personal, that guy Samson said the decision was made only recently. Some people say the decision was made during a phone call that I had with Bill Belichick. Well, that phone call had nothing to do with my decision. Any disagreements I have with Bill Belichick are totally irrelevant. Any problems I have with Robert Kraft, irrelevant. The Patriots were not willing to offer me two years and $50 million. I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel loved. I felt like I deserved more respect. I felt like that they should have matched any offer I could get in the open market. I don't really want to move my family to Tampa. I wanted to be one of those athletes who would finish his career with one team. But I wasn't going to retire like Terry Bradshaw told me to do. Sorry, Coca, you knew I was going to mention Bradshaw no matter what with his comments. But I'll tell you right now, that was David, not Tom. Now I'm Tom again. I can't do voices very well. I think this would be way better if I could imitate Tom Brady. I've never actually, I don't think I've heard Tom Brady talk. I don't know what accent. That's like a Southern accent or something. I don't know what he has. In any case, I'm back to being Tom. I would love to have stayed with the New England Patriots. Can you imagine how amazing? But they would not offer me anything close to what Tampa offered me. And what they're doing now when I met with the GM and the owner and the coach, it's like I'm a god. It's like they don't take me for granted anymore. I love feeling that I can maybe outshine Giselle just for a moment. I love feeling there's a chance that I can make a difference. So in my new community, I'm going to make a big difference. I'm not going to turn my back on New England. But yeah, I sold my house. I don't know that I'll ever go back there. It's not that I'm bitter toward Robert Kraft. I love him. I just know that I want to keep playing. And at 43 years old, if I have an opportunity to make $50 million, of course, I'm going to take it. He then went on what he should go on to say is the process in his mind And when he knew that his skills were such that Bill Belichick would choose the Patriots over him and convince Robert Kraft to do the same, because that's a question that I'm going to ask as a reporter. And my answer is pretty simple. When I know that there is a passing lane open and I can picture getting the ball in there on a rope, threading the needle to Edelman in a way that no other quarterback ever could and my eyes see it, my mind sees it, and I bring my arm back to throw, I put my arm forward, and it's intercepted. 
because what my body can do no longer matches what my mind thinks it can do. Thinks it can do. Thinks it can do. That's correct. That would be an, by the way, that was David. Back to Tom. That would be an amazing response that I would want to give you in the media and in Tampa, but I can't say that because I'm telling you that I'm going to do my best to win as many games for Tampa as possible. I don't know what's going to happen. We have a great offensive system. I don't know that anyone can be as smart as Bill Belichick, but I know that many people can be easier to deal with and easier to live with. It would be an unbelievable cherry on the top of my legacy to bring the Lombardi Trophy to Tampa. That's what I'm working toward. I've got two years to do it, and we'll see what happens after. In the meantime, everyone stay safe. Please social distance. This is Tom Brady. Now, that would have been a press conference. Instead, are you disappointed by the Patriots' lack of effort to retain you, Brady? No. I have nothing but total respect and love. I'm so grateful to Mr. Kraft, the organization, and Coach Belichick. Give me a break. It's vomit-inducing. Brady on Robert Kraft's claims that it was his choice to leave the Patriots. Robert Kraft said it was Tom Brady's choice to leave the Patriots. Of course, it's the player's choice. That's what the owner will say. Then the player will say it was the owner's choice. The owner will say it's the player's choice. The bottom line is the owner is the one who decides on the money, not Belichick, not Brady. Robert Kraft decides, is he going to match the Tampa Bay offer? Period. End of sentence. Brady said in real life, I'm not responsible for how other people will say certain things. Mr. Kraft has been a great influence on my life. Makes me laugh. Tom Brady, that was a fun press conference. I hope to see you suited up soon for Tampa. It's a true wait to see. I think we did the wait to see where we said that he's not going to make it out of the wild card round. And after this press conference, I'm still in the same place. All right. For those of you paying attention to our show, on February 25th, we talked about that the Olympics were going to have to be postponed. No question. We've been ahead of the curve, pun intended on nothing personal about coronavirus. We talked just yesterday about what was happening with the IOC, talking about federal government versus state government, the IOC versus the member countries who were bailing left and right. Well, in the least surprising news, in an off season of so many of these types of announcements that are not surprising to those of us actually paying a modicum of attention, In the least surprising news, the Olympics have officially been postponed. Now, everyone keep calm. I can see your reactions at home. By the way, if you're listening to this, thank you. Please rate it, review it. I'm told that five stars matter. So I hope you're enjoying Nothing Personal. We have episode 100 coming up tomorrow, not including the bonuses we've done. By the way, bonus episode, end of this month, When you review on Apple, leave a question, and then we will figure out which questions we're going to answer and do a bonus pod at the end of March, which is coming soon. I'm still keeping track of the dates. I don't know the day of the week, but I do know it's the 24th of the month, which means we're about a week away from the end of March. Who would have thought where we'd be in the beginning of March? It wasn't even a thought the Olympics would be postponed, except by me. But the Olympics in a huge statement, multi-paragraph statement, they made an announcement that is going to turn out to be a mistake. 
They said that we are postponing the Olympics to no later than the summer of 2021. Well, now I want you to take off your fan hat and put on your business hat or put on your athletic hat. When you are training for a marathon or training to run the 100-meter hurdles or training to do the floor routine in gymnastics or training, training to do any of the Summer Olympic sports, what is the most important thing? This will be rhetorical because I can't see any of you or hear any of you, literally. What would be the single most important thing that people need to train to be an Olympian? The single, don't tell me talent, don't tell me body type, the single most important fact needed for anyone to train for the Olympics. It's simple. I need to know the day of my race, the day of my competition. I need to know how to set up my training program so I am in peak shape for the Olympics. By not giving me a date, I don't know how to prepare. And by the way, I'm social distancing. I can't prepare. The IOC knows this. The IOC cannot guarantee that it will be in the middle of the summer of 21 because they haven't gone through the logistics yet. They have to negotiate with the people who own the buildings where the athletic villages are, the hotels where media and fans and athletes were staying, the arenas and pools where and gymnasiums where the summer Olympic sports were taking place. All of these things are be, are booked into the future because the Olympics were supposed to happen now. So the IOC is right now engaged in negotiations as they try to move the calendar. What is missing when you negotiate? What's the most important thing when you own an apartment building and you are asked to give your apartment to athletes or media? What's the first question you're going to ask? Can I see a show of hands? Well, I appreciate you asking that question. What dates were you thinking of moving in? Um, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure I can help you. Wait a minute. Could you leave open your building from all of April until all of August of 2021? To which the landlord will say, uh, will you pay rent for all of April through all of August? If that would happen, then the IOC could have flexibility, see what happens with the pandemic, give enough time, a date in advance for the qualifiers and the qualifying rounds to happen, and the Olympics could then take place at a specified time. There are myriad issues to be discussed. We are in the first inning of those decisions. We simply do not know. The IOC simply should have said, we are postponing the 2020 Olympics Hard stop. Actually, let me do that again, please. Cut, edit. Of course, we don't do that on nothing personal. I don't, I don't know why I have to say that. Cut. We are postponing the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. We are working on rescheduling at the soonest practical moment by working in conjunction with Tokyo and the IOC. That is what's going on with the Olympics, officially postponed. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. 
Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. So you want to talk to Samson. Yeah, you do. Boy, do you ever. I don't know if it's the quarantine. You're following me on Twitter at David P. Samson. Thank you. My DMs are open. Come in, ask a question. I'm going to get to them. There's a lot of non-sports questions, a lot of questions that transcend sort of the sports life and the sports world. I'm trying to do a mix. But one that came in yesterday moved to the top of my list, and I appreciate it. So DMs open. So you want to talk to Samson. And I quote, do you think the quote, it's just business mantra, if you take that to the extreme, does that cause people to lose their compassion for all else except the bottom line? What a great question. For 99 episodes, pretty much, you've heard me end every episode with an expression, it's just business, it's nothing personal. So now someone's asking, and thank you again for following and. David P. Sampson, do I think it's just business? If I take that to extreme, will people lose all compassion? I am so disappointed that I have not done a good enough job of communicating to you how I operate both on and off the field. Of course, it's just business is meant to take away my compassion. It's meant to take away my emotion because I have to take an entire company on my shoulders and I've got to make sure that company survives. That said, one of the most important things in my life is the charitable work I do and the charitable work that's done by teams, by foundations, that's done by companies and individuals. It doesn't matter the amount. It matters the thought of being charitable. Of course, I have not lost my compassion, but what I have also not lost is my pragmatism. I absolutely understand why you're saying this, because in this time, in this crisis, how can anyone be thinking about business when we should be thinking about health? How can you, David, when you start your show with a word of the day about grandparents, where you don't want your grandparents to die, that sounds emotional, where you don't think grandparents should have to die. That sounds emotional. The economy is completely upside down. We don't know what the future is. There's tremendous uncertainty. Why would you not want to end that uncertainty? And the answer is, of course I do. But to do it, my mantra is exactly what makes sense. There's got to be business decisions made and they hurt. Anytime anyone gets laid off, do you think that laying off people when there's not a recession feels better than laying off people when there is a recession? Do you think laying off people when there's not a pandemic feels better 
than laying off people when there is a pandemic? Do you know how many business leaders I've spoken to who are despondent about the pandemic, despondent about the fact they have to lay people off, yet acknowledging that from a business standpoint, there are certain employees they've wanted to lay off that they couldn't, and now they are happy that they get to do it. Does that make them bad people because they're thinking about their business? So let me do a little math for you. Let's say that you're a company that employs a thousand people and you have to, in order to keep the business running as the CEO of that business, you have no choice but to lay off 20% of your workforce. That's 200 people who you have to fire. What a bad guy am I? No, I'm the one who's giving 800 people a place to come to work tomorrow. I'm the one who's making decisions about making sure the business can function going forward. But the business is different. The business is smaller. The business has different profit margins. People's disposable income is different. Do you tell me for sure listening to this show? Tell me right now in your position that you guarantee that you will spend the same amount of money on season tickets or on game tickets once games begin. You tell me that you guarantee that. Let's pretend I'm an airline. You guarantee me that you will do the same business travel you did before or personal travel. You tell me that you will go to Asia the same number of times you used to or the fact that you will never go to Asia again because you're worried about COVID-19. People don't know how consumers are going to react. What about sponsorship? You tell me for sure that the money you spend if you work for a company Let me give you a great example. How about those people working for Delta? Ever seen Delta signage around MLB? Is it responsible for Delta to keep being a sponsor of Major League Baseball teams and using the money that it could use to keep certain employees employed? Or do they fire employees in order to keep sponsoring teams? Is it that easy? The equation is not close to that easy. Because by me sponsoring sporting events, by me as a company, Delta, and I use Delta as an example, it could represent any company. By putting my name out there, I'm getting a rate of return, a return on investment. And if I believe the return on the investment into sports teams is greater than the return on investment to the employees I have to let go, I run a business. I've got to make those decisions. I don't do it without heart. I do it with absolute precision and knowledge that I've thought through every ripple effect of every decision I'm making. It's why nothing personal, we were clear. Do not stand up and say you're doing something in the first five minutes of a crisis. You've got to get your thoughts together because people are listening and people are counting on you to lead. So before we start criticizing what companies are doing, what people are doing, or what I do with my mantra, to me, it is much more important that we look to the leaders to have a coherent strategy that will be adjusted as circumstances warrant. So do I worry at all that there's going to be a loss of compassion? That's not my job. I acknowledge that people are scared and I'm sorry because I'm scared too. 
I acknowledge that people want to return to normalcy because I do too. I acknowledge that I want the world to be the way it was. I do too. But it won't be. People are going to be scared. There's going to be change. There will be a redistribution of the workforce. People who are losing jobs in one industry will be able to get jobs in another industry. The unemployment rate will fall back down as we get through this recession. Even if we, it's a depression, we'll get through it as a country. We will make it. But what it takes is the understanding of leaders, not just political leaders, but industry leaders to make decisions that without question at the moment will be unpopular, will cause hatred and anger. But that is emotion that is talking. I look forward to the day when we look back on this moment and we will be able to see who were the leaders who made the right decisions, who were the leaders who were so paralyzed by fear that it led to inaction. Do I think it's just business will take it to the extreme? Yes, I certainly hope so. Well, it segues perfectly into what's going on with the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. This is a very important story because it is evolving today. It started yesterday. I want to explain what happened. I want to explain what was announced. And I want to explain the problem with premature announcements, which I just did in the previous segment. It was critical for everyone to take a breath We don't exactly know. The Philadelphia 76ers and New Jersey Devils are owned by the same group, same group of owners. It is true that the owners, many of them are billionaires. Objection, irrelevant. It doesn't matter whether an owner is a billionaire, a millionaire, or in complete debt. That is the owner of the company. He is in charge of preserving the company for the employees. They made a decision and they announced it yesterday. They told every employee who's an at-will employee that they will have a temporary salary reduction of up to 20% if they make more than $50,000. Let me explain what that means. If you don't have a contract that gives you a term of employment, you are hired from June 1st, 2020 to June 1st of 2021. It would actually be to May 31st because contracts of a year are 365 days. If you don't have a contract that says that you will be paid X dollars in that year, you are what's called an at-will employee. Do you know what that literally means? I'm the boss and it's my will if I tell you that I want you out of the way. I can fire you just because I'm in the mood. Now, is there severance? Yes. Are there issues with insurance? Is there wrongful termination? All of these legal remedies are possible and can be used. But the reality is at-will employees have about as much leverage as Muggsy Bogues would in a game of one-on-one with Minute Ball. Get it? If you have to Google it, I'll explain it. Muggsy Bogues is shorter than I am, and Minute Ball is like seven foot seven. May he rest in peace. So the Sixers and Devils, the ownership said, temporary reductions of up to 20%. But contract employees, meaning the players, the coaches, the general manager, 
maybe the chief financial officer, any executive who has a contract, they were being asked to voluntarily take that reduction of 20%. And they gave them a deadline. Basically, picture being the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, whose name is Brent Brent Brown, I want to say is his name. He's the coach, and he is asked, hey, you make $4 million a year. We are paying you at that rate. We would like you to agree to only be paid, I know, everyone stay calm, $3.2 million. Uh, that would be a 20% reduction. 20% of $4 million is $800,000. So that'd be $3.2 million. And it turns out that among many, there was apprehension on committing to give back money because who knows what the future would be. Do I blame them? No. Do I blame the Sixers for what they were trying to implement? No. But I blame the timing. And the internet world went crazy. And here's where it gets interesting. Breaking news right now. The Philadelphia 76ers ownership, after taking so much public heat and internet hatred, the world was crashing down on their heads. They were freaked out. Even amongst the owners they were fighting, one owner came out and said, I don't approve of what we're doing. One owner came out and said, this is what we're doing. It's an absolute show of incompetence. It's the Keystone Cops. It's as though there's no communication going on amongst owners. Who would ever own a team and not talk to your limited partners? <laughs> That's for you out there. You know who you are. Who would ever do that? I wouldn't do it. But there was complete insanity. So Josh Harris, who I know these people. Harris Blitzer is uh, Harris and Blitzer. It's Josh Harris. They are owning sports teams. They're doing their best, but they folded like a tent to the public pressure. Quote, they had a full quote. After listening to our staff and players, it's clear that we made the wrong decision. We have reversed it and we'll be paying these employees their full salary. The 76ers folded to public pressure. They didn't trust the process. Why? They didn't have a process. They came out and made this decision way too early. When you are in the first stages of a pandemic or a recession like this, you have got to Batten down the hatches with a plan. You make a plan and then you roll it out. Not today. You roll it out over the course of weeks. You then speak to your employees and your co-owners and you explain to them, here's what's happening. It doesn't matter that I'm a billionaire. This business cannot survive. That is going to happen. What Josh Harris did today, he is screwed twice now. Twice. Because he ends his, bless his soul. To our staff and fans, I apologize for getting this wrong. He didn't say what this is. Because this is not the possibility of reducing salaries by 20%. Because I can bet you right now that teams will have to do this. It's a guarantee. It's a matter of when, not if. But it gets rolled out in a careful, cohesive way. 
but now he's going to have to walk back this statement because if I'm an employee of the 76ers, I'm saying to myself, wow, I'm good. I've got no reduction. I'm an at-will employee. I've got nothing to do right now. I'm in the sales department, and I'm not selling a thing. But don't worry. I'm covered because the owner said so. Owners have got to stop getting into the way of themselves. They're going to have a problem. Well, I'm still watching movies. Of course I am. I mean, who's not watching movies or shows right now? I think that I'm going to have to. I've been releasing my top 100 movies during the bonus pods. I've got another bonus pod at the end of the month. I think I may do it earlier. That's not my way to see. But I did watch a movie, and I should have known better. It's my fault. I happen to love Chadwick Boseman. I love Sienna Miller. If you haven't seen Alfie with Jude Law and Sienna Miller, you're welcome. It's in HD. J.K. Simmons, guess what? Academy Award winner, Whiplash, amazing character actor. It's a movie called 21 Bridges. It's a perfect quarantine movie, so I thought. But then I started doing some counting because I grew up in New York, and I was thinking to myself, what are the 21 Bridges? I can't even think of them. And then I did a little research because I got frustrated. Then I got angry, and then I decided... I am going to do what I can do because this technology exists. I'm going to GTS. I'm going to Google that blank. There's 17 bridges in New York City to get to the city and four tunnels. Why would you call a movie 21 Bridges when the purpose of the movie is about them locking down? Ironically, it's about locking down New York City. Not to contain a pandemic, but to contain people who are killing for drugs. They found like 300 Ks of Coke. It was supposed to be 30. They're trying to steal it. Who knows? It's a whole big thing with police. There's corruption. It's as predictable as the sunrise following a sunset. But they got the title wrong. It's it's. I'm speechless. I really am speechless. Couldn't you call it 17 bridges and four tunnels? Couldn't you call it 21 exits? Well, they called it 21 bridges. The movie is difficult to watch. It is a complete waste of time. Thank God for the quarantine and social distancing. But if you have an opportunity where you have literally run out of every single show and movie that I've ever reviewed that's positive, and you've gone through every top 10 list of old and new movies that you want to see, then watch 21 Bridges. In the meantime, I plan to submit a form to the director, producers, writers, and studio, and I'm hopeful that I can get my 100 minutes back. 21 bridges. It's bull. There's only 17. Okay. Boy, there are people doing a lot. I give them credit. There are people stepping up, and we're trying it here. We're going to talk about the beer challenge in a minute, but something hit my, uh, it used to be hit my desk, right? In the old days, this, the expression was, this hit my desk today. 
in the newsroom, it hit my desk. Nothing actually hits a desk because most people, A, don't have desks. They have cubicles. B, it hits their computer or it hits their cell phone or it hits their electronic device. So this hit my electronic device the other day. There is a not-for-profit that is being started, and there's a ton of not-for-profits being started these days, as there should be, that is going to benefit minor league players, that is going to raise money for minor league baseball players because, woe is them, they get paid so little money that they need to actually have other jobs. Or, worse, if the season doesn't start, they don't get paid. What I find interesting about that is I get it. As a baseball team president, over 18 years, I saw a lot of minor league players. I know exactly the struggles they have, and I'm empathetic only to a small degree, and here's why. The majority of those players are doing this literally for Kevin Costner, literally for the love of the game. They know deep down that they don't have a shot. They are delaying their professional careers to be called professional baseball players, which they are. Don't get me wrong. If you are on a single A team, if you play for the Jupiter Hammerheads, the the Marlins organization was our high A team. No matter what, you are a professional baseball player because the definition of professional, just ask Julia Roberts. I wish I remembered her character name in Pretty Woman. The definition of a professional is someone who gets paid to do a job. Minor league players are paid, not a lot, but they are professional baseball players. It goes on the resume. But most of them will not have an opportunity to ascend through the system to make more money, and barely any of them will have an opportunity to become major leaguers, and then barely any of those will have an opportunity to make life-changing money. Of course, we talk about the players who are making multi-million dollars. I spend time talking about Stanton or Mookie Betts or Max Scherz or Justin Verlander. I wish I could spend as much time talking about people who helped me get a ring. I've talked to you about Brian Banks He helped me as a bench player. He helped the Marlins franchise. All of you celebrated in 2003 a World Series. He was a part of that. He was a part of that. He's a dentist. Not because he was, and he was one of the best of the best. He made it to the major leagues. He made it. But his career ended. Was he in his low 30s, late 20s? He didn't have enough money to live the rest of his life. He had to get a job. Is it so out of the question that minor league players have to get jobs either after their career or during their careers? How many of you work two jobs? It depends. If you want to make more money, you work two jobs. I totally, totally get that. And I love that a not-for-profit is happening to benefit them. But I am arguing the following. Instead of the not-for-profit for minor league players, why wouldn't we instead do a not-for-profit that can take not just minor league players, but what about the workers in the minor league stadiums? What about the concession workers in the minor league stadiums? What about the hourly workers who are losing their jobs in areas around arenas, ballparks, major league, minor league? What about all those people who they don't have a chance to be a 
minor league professional ball player getting underpaid. As much as they want to, they don't have a chance. So they have to work two jobs also, except one of them does not involve a jock strap or a cup. I want to do my part, and we're going to do my part, our part. Coke and I got together. I can't say we both look great now, because, but it's not terrible. But we started something called the ML Beard Challenge. The ML Beard Challenge is something where every day we have given $1,000 to each major league team's foundation. What that means is your team that you love. If you love the Marlins, if you love the Yankees, if you love the Brewers, They've got a community foundation that they take money and donations and then they give them to people in need in their communities, to the hourly workers who are not getting paid, to anybody else, who, to school children who need meals because school's out. So each day, $1,000, that's 30 days. The second 70 days, we're going to give to local charity, to helpful here in South Florida. We're on day nine right now. My beard is not looking bad. I don't know if you can see it. It had a little more salt today than yesterday. Maybe I'm a little more salty today than I was yesterday. But our team is the Colorado Rockies. So we're going to send $1,000 to the Rockies. And what the Rockies are going to do is they're going to take all $5,000, $1,000, excuse me. I saw five on my screen. Coca is great. He's giving me minutes left in the show. I'm getting it in big red letters on the iPad, which you've seen because I've turned it around and shown you. I've got him in my ear. I've got him on the screen. So I had five in my brain. Number five is alive, Steve Gutenberg. So I think the Rockies should take that $1,000, and I think that they should give it to a therapist. I think the Rockies' front office needs therapy, and here's why. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I love therapy. Huge fan of it. Huge. Sometimes even a double. Yes, folks, that means 90 minutes, not 45. Why do I love it so much? Because it helps you make better decisions. It gives you clarity. We have talked up and down about the Rockies offseason or lack therein of and their inability to communicate with their franchise player, Nolan Arenado. They've got such a problem. They were a good team. They've underperformed. They did not add this offseason at all. Nolan Arenado is angry. He claims he didn't want to be traded, but he did. I know that. He claims that he still loves Colorado, of course. Who wouldn't want to be in Denver right now? Thank God dispensaries are essential. Yeah, you get it. Nolan Arenado and the Rockies have a problem, and there's no way to know how it's ever going to be solved. The last we heard from the Rockies, there had been no communication between the front office and Nolan about this offseason where they fought so much because Arenado was going to be traded and then not traded. He's got a no-trade clause. He just signed a long-term huge deal. Rockies, take that $1,000. Don't give it to therapists. I was just kidding. But you may want to figure out how to deal with your best player. You may want to start being honest with your fan base about where your team sits right now. And you may want to make sure you take the $1,000 and add it to the million that you're doing. Take care of some of those workers in that district around Coors Field. Those restaurants are suffering right now. And I've spent quite a few hours in them. They are terrific. ML Beer Challenge, day nine. Watch it grow. 
All right, wait to see. Our wait to see is uh, our wait to see is a fun one today, and I think it's an important one. And one of the things you do when you own a sports team is you recognize the responsibility you have to the community, but you also recognize the need for PR, and you recognize that you have to balance it. Of course, we do things when cameras are rolling, and of course, we do things when cameras are not rolling. I have no problem admitting to you that there were times with the Marlins where we were doing certain public relations community events because we wanted to be liked slightly better than the level of putrid hate that was cast upon us. But the people who you give free food to or turkeys during Thanksgiving or presents during Christmas, they don't care about the cameras. They are purely consequentialists. They care about getting the food or the gifts. But we also did a ton of stuff off camera. The Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday delivered 400 pizzas to local hospitals, and I love it. They delivered 400 pizzas. I don't exactly understand from a social distancing how they did it. They should not be going into hospitals unless they're going to be quarantined. We ought to be giving our healthcare workers such love. You have no idea. If you're a nurse, thank you. If you're a doctor, thank you. If you're a nurse who's now being made to be a nurse, thank you. Test or no test, I don't care. Get out there and be a nurse. Thank you. And the Pirates took advantage. They've had a horrific offseason, fired everyone but the owner, brought in new president, new GM, new manager. They started over, and they did a really good thing. And what I loved most is that sports and baseball is a copycat world. And in a copycat world, other teams will follow suit. There will be an avalanche of teams engaging in these sorts of PR acts around their local communities because healthcare workers, make no mistake, they are overwhelmed. Wait to see. More teams starting now on their Twitter, Instagram accounts will show you what they're doing to help healthcare. They will make a difference purposefully. From my standpoint, camera, no camera. I'm the consequentialist. And the Pittsburgh Pirates do not need to apologize at all when they look at the players or whoever's delivering the pizza and they say, get out there, bring some pizza. It's business. It's nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.